Good morning, Tanisha and everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, Today is Friday, March 27, 2020. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are currently on page 100, the second paragraph. It uh, it begins both you and the new man, and we're going to read the one paragraph only. Today's readers, we have Tenzin P. on the 12 Steps, Christina J. on the 12 Traditions, and the readers of the text are Kim G., Susan H., and Lauren N. The share ID for yesterday, Thursday, March 26th, the 7 a.m. meeting, that's 14,321-14321, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 14,323-14323. Um, today, the, the uh, newcomer greeter after the first hour is Jason K., and then the host for the second hour is Deanna B. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating, they can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So let me now ask uh, Tenzin P. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Tenzin. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, we direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, we need to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, 
having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a blessed day. Thanks so much, Tenzin. Okay, we have 12 important traditions, and Christina Jay is going to read those to us. Good morning, Christina. Good morning, Larry. Thank you for your service and everyone else on the line today. Uh, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal inventory, excuse me, personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group, conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards and committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Uh, Thank you for letting me be of service this month, and I pass. Thank you for your service, Christina. Okay, here's how our meeting works. Um, Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're going to read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. And anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, for readers is six months, and there is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. And of course, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. And we're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute your phone. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, and then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we're going to resume our study of the big book, and Kim's going to read, uh, get us started on page 100, the second paragraph. It starts both you and the new man. So, Kim G., will you get us started? Thanks, Larry. Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power, and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstances 
And good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, and I've been recovered since January 2011. And, you know, I, at almost every meeting that I went to in OA, we read The Promises. And it wasn't until I started reading these books that I realized they were actually the nine-step promises. And this book is chock full of promises. And we have just read my personal favorite right now that if I follow the dictates of a higher power, that I will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what my present circumstances is. You know, and I I think of, um, I used to think life was dependent on my happiness being about life circumstances. And I think of this parable where a king put out to all the people in the kingdom this great prize that they would send him the most beautiful picture of peace. And he got these beautiful pictures of, of oceans and breezes and and but what the what the winner of that contest was a picture of a violent storm in the middle of the ocean with thunder and lightning and waves going over and in the midst of that was a man in a rowboat and he was sleeping with a smile on his face. Because that is true peace, that in the midst of the storm, you can stay peaceful. You know, and I, I, I'm just, you know, actually vibrating with how that is true in my life today. Because I live in New Jersey. We have a stay-at-home order. The death toll from the pandemic is rising. We are living in a world of uncertainty. Yet I feel grounded. I feel peaceful. I am blessed that I can work from home. I have a dog that basically is in doggy hospice, and I've been given this gift to be home with him and convalesce with him because I'm able to work with home. You know, I have a a father that's a Marine that is very hard to say, don't leave the house at 82, and I've been able to ask for help, and my brother from Orlando has wrangled him to figure out a way to get him to order food online so he doesn't have to leave the house. Before we had this lockdown order, from a suggestion on Twitter, I went around and bought a bunch of gift cards to local businesses because I know they're going to be suffering because they're closed. I've picked a couple local businesses that as long as I'm getting a paycheck, I'm going to continue to support them. You know, the promise to say the fear of economic insecurity will leave us. It doesn't say economic insecurity will leave us. I have that, but I'm not in fear. And Mr. Rogers from my childhood told us, look for the helpers. That's what I'm looking for in this pandemic. The retired nurses and doctors in New York that are going back into this crazy world. The bus drivers in my town that all the kids, the schools are closed and they're delivering the free lunches to the kids because they need that. The young people I'm hearing that are rallying around and going out and shopping for the seniors in their neighborhood. You know, the fact is that I, that in this time I am leaning into God, the steps in the spirit. And I know many of you on this line are leaning into the food. And I just want to assure you that this promise is true. If you put down the food and work these steps, you can be happy, joyous, and free, regardless of the pandemic. And with that, I pass. Thank you for getting us started, Kim. And, of course, Kim read um, on page 100, the second paragraph, the one paragraph, both you and the new man. If you haven't shared in the past day or so and would like to share, fire away. Harlan G. Okay, let me tell you let me tell you who I have and we'll hold it right there, okay? And I am quite certain of one thing, and that is that I missed somebody. <laughs> so so here's who I did hear anyway. 
Um, I heard Harlan. I heard Melissa. I think I heard Russ, Nancy, Marge, Teresa, and Raquel from uh, Israel. So <laughs> no laughing, Raquel. No laughing. Okay, wow. so let's let's go with that. Let's go with that, right? And so we'll start with um, our our first baseman uh, batting third, Harlan G, followed by Melissa. Harlan, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thank you for your service, and thank you to Team Friday for making this magnificent meeting possible. This is the 12-step promises, and these are some of the most beautiful promises in the book. I love them, and when I look at them, I'm reminded that it has been a very rough road to get here. I have been pulled by this disease through pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. I have been the object of ridicule from the time I was a toddler. My mother and father have been screamed at by doctors and dentists and rabbis and adults because of how much food I was eating and how fat I was getting, and I was embarrassed for them. I have been screamed at. I have broken furniture. I have been stuck in cars. I went on my first date when I was 35 years of age. By the time I was a senior in high school, I was 335 pounds. By the time I graduated college, I was 600 pounds. I have had a life where the number one topic in my life was food and weight, food and weight, food and weight. I came into Overeaters Anonymous through a series of relapses and a series of trying to diet with group support and through a long time of just being here because I had to be, because of my friends resenting you, I now have 21 years of abstinence. Life is good. It's not perfect. If you're listening to me and you're thinking to yourself, you're abstinent but you still have challenges, so do I. But I have a life that's worth living. I have been divorced in recovery. I have a 25-year-old who hasn't spoken to me in years. I don't know why, and I don't think she knows why either. It's a hole in my heart. When I get dressed in the morning, music doesn't play, and little bluebirds don't come and help me. But I have friends. I have a life worth living. I have purpose to my life. And what it says here is both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. And that means I have to work at this every day and not rest on my laurels. If you persist, what does that mean? Persist means to continue doing the work. Remarkable things will happen. I'm still alive. My cardiologist has looked at me many times and said, the mathematical odds of you still being alive are zero. I'm alive. I walk three miles a day, six days a week. I pay my bills. I fit in my clothes. I fit in my car. I fit into the world. When I walk down the street, except for Larry, nobody laughs at me. And the bottom line is, this is the greatest way of life. And I'm going to close by quoting Roseanne S., OA's founder. I have a life today that is beyond my wildest dreams. And with that, I will pass. And I invite you to trudge this road of happy destiny with those who walk before you. Thanks. With that, I'll pass, Larry. <laughs> Thanks, Harlan. 
Okay, next up, we have someone on the front line here, Melissa, followed by Russ. Hey, Melissa, how are you doing? Hi, good morning, Larry. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive reader in New York, and um, thank you so much for your service this morning. Um, yeah, I mean, I, this, I jump on this because this is definitely one of my favorite, my favorite paragraphs, and um, it's, this describes what it means to have a spiritual awakening, you know, that remarkable things are going to happen, right, that there's a better outcome in God's hands than the plans that I designed, and I get to live a wonderful life no matter what it looks like, no matter what those present circumstances are. And, um, you know, this is why, for me, this is why I'm so enthusiastic about the 12 steps, about carrying the message, living in recovery. You know, I came here initially because I wanted to not be fat, right? That was the whole thing. I had no idea that um, there was so much better in store for me. You know, I look around at people... um, today who don't have this disease of compulsive overeating, this disease that I thought was the worst curse that anybody could be given. And I almost feel sorry for them because remarkable things, well, they might happen for them, but they might not. But many of those people don't believe that God's plans are better than theirs, you know? And um, and many of those people are stuck um, thinking that the circumstances determine their happiness. And and we get this beautiful gift. You know, I get this gift um, because my life was in the toilet because everything was falling apart. And that in and of itself tells me that I don't know what's best, right? I make plans. And, um, and I've, you know, I've shared this with people before that I can see a very small, narrow scope. You know, I look through the keyhole and I see a very small picture and I think then I know what's behind the door and how everything should be. And so in the past, I would judge my happiness and my success on that small little vision. And today I know that there's a power much bigger than me that knows what's behind the door. And the plan, the picture that he has outlined is so much better than mine. And, you know, and so we walk I love the, the, just the beginning part that we both do this. So this tells me that this is what I do, like, with sponsors, with sponsees. I do this with my sponsor. My sponsor does this with her sponsor. Her sponsor does this with her sponsor. And that we're all kind of walking this beautiful spiritual path together. That gives me comfort. That gives me tremendous comfort in unsettled times. And, you know, when I hear people here on the line who talk about their hard lives before they came here. I'm grateful for those hard lives, too, because they've given me this beautiful life. Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Melissa. Okay, we have Russ next, followed by Nancy P. Russell, you holding the fort down in Philly? Morning, Larry. Good morning, family. Wow, is this... Whew. Russ, I'm recover compulsive reader. This speaks to me right now. You know, so, yeah, we all, there's major uncertainty right now. And, you know, aside from what's going on, I, you know, I don't even know, I don't know where I'm getting my next paycheck, to be honest with you. But, you know, I, I, I look at the 40 years before I get nervous and, you know, have my anxieties and I get that economic insecurity. 
I look at the years I was in the food and I couldn't get out. And the relationships that I've destroyed. And the business that I lost. And the, just everything that came along with it. You know, th three years ago when there was a uh, financial issue that I had nothing to do. You know, I didn't know it was coming. Half a million dollars we lost. Um, my relationship with my in-laws, my mother, my kids, my wife. And by just sponsoring some people, working this 10th, 11th, and 12th step, these, you know, these steps, the big book, uh, you know, these things that we might not think matter, I've been restored. So when I'm in fear about where I'm going to get my next paycheck, I step back and look at the, the past and how God showed up better than I could ever expect. You know, it's still, my problems are still there. But what this program does, by what sponsoring, by working the steps, by outreach, by service, by what's in that big book, what that's done for me is to show me that God has a plan bigger and better than I can ever imagine. And that he's got my, he, not my back, he has me. He has my family. You know, he wants the best. I'm his child. So what happens now when I'm freaking out and life is on my back and I see friends sick? You know, I just dig in. I got to get another sponsee. I got to work with others. I got to work my 10th, 11th, and 12th step. And something met metaphysical goes on there, something that I can't explain. And healings take place. And uh, people get free of many different things. So I hope I make sense, but, you know, it's on my heart because, you know, God, they, that saying, you know, you know God is all you need is when he's all you have. And through this program, I realized I don't really need anything except work, work in this way of life because it brings me closer, more intense, and intimate into, into my relationship with God. And that's all I need. He'll, he'll work it out. So, love you guys. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Russ. Okay, we got Nancy followed by Marge. Uh, buenos dias, Nancy. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Hola, um, which is the extent of my Spanish. Um, this is Nancy P. calling from West Newton, Massachusetts. Good morning, everybody. Um, so this, you know, everybody's touched on it, all these promises. Um, and starting on the first page of the doctor's opinion where it says, you know, impressing upon them that they must do likewise with still others. They talk about working with others. I mean, throughout the book, it talks about others, others, others. Love and tolerance of others is our code. Working with others, the other man, all this stuff. And in the 12th step, it sort of, you know, it sort of comes together, culminates. And this is one of the, as they, as others have said, this is one of the ways that they talk about the results of it. Um, you know, if you persist, remarkable things will happen. Um, when we look back, we realize that things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands are better than anything we could have planned. I mean, when I went through these steps with my sponsor, I, um, I circled that paragraph and I thought to myself, we'll see, because I have a pretty fertile imagination. But really, what that shows me is not to play God. You know, I'm not in charge. I don't need to rest satisfaction anymore. I was talking about that with the sponsee last night. 
resting being, if you have to rest something, it means that you don't deserve it, that it's not yours, you're stealing it. Um, so I don't need to worry about that anymore. If I follow the dictates, which are directions of a higher power, then I have presently, which I have, I have presently come to live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what my present circumstances. So following the dictates of a higher power is A, and living in a new, uh, new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstances. B follows A, dictates are directions and results follow. So I can say that um, in the last year, I um, actually almost to the date, I've lost two jobs. And um, yesterday, I did not lose the job that I just got a month ago. I, my um, One of the people that I work for called me up and told me about the other people that were going to lose their jobs. And he started to cry on the phone. And I told him, I said, I know it was really hard for you, and it was it was hard, and I know that. And if there's anything that you need, personally or professionally, please call me. And, um, you know, I've come to have a bottomless pit of compassion through working these steps. And I meant every word that I said, and I didn't even heave a sigh of relief that I didn't get laid off or, or let go. You know, I just, I just, trusted that it was going to be okay. I didn't like it. I didn't say, thank God it wasn't me. I just acknowledged his pain. I mean, the guy started to cry on the phone. And, um, you know, when I could offer him comfort, and, you know, I too am trying to patronize businesses um, that need help and, you know, ask my 79 and 81-year-old neighbors if they need anything. No, they say they're fine, but I'm ready to do to do anything that they need. Um, and I'm not, I truly, I feel like I'm not frightened. I'm just sort of ready to help. And um, I have a friend who's a doctor and she's waiting, you know, she has to go to work and she's waiting to get the virus. So I've been offering her, you know, sort of virtual companionship if she wants it. And, um, you know, all I can say is I, you know, I don't know how long this is going to last, but I have my big book, I have my higher power, I have my friends on um, that I call and that call me, and I'm so grateful today. So I guess with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Nancy. Okay, we have Marge followed by uh, Teresa. Marge, buongiorno. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for um, hearing my name, and thank you for all your service. This paragraph is really special to me because I spent a lot of years in program, and I did well, and the program did well by me. I did a lot of studying. I did a lot of step work, um, but nothing like what I was able to do with my sponsor in this program, Envisions. And I carried an extra 20 pounds for a lot of years. I looked pretty good. I wasn't complaining. I was active. And I had no idea that I could take it off so handily by just making a list with the red light foods and getting rid of them. But I also didn't know how wonderful my higher power was going to treat me through all of this. 
And when I mean all of this, I come from a large family. There's a lot going on. I have two sisters losing my memory. I'm heartbroken over that. One's two years older and one's four years younger. I don't know why that's happening, but it is. And I pray every day. And I also know that I need to tend to my own home court here. My husband was recently diagnosed with cancer, and we are in the throes of that. So I kind of think it's ironic. Everybody else is hunkering down, and we're going from hospital to hospital, to doctor's office to doctor's office. I haven't, I haven't been home <clears throat> all day, every day through this. My business is quiet, and that's okay because I need the quiet time right now. Ordinarily, I'd be running around, <clears throat> you know, working 10 hours a day at this time of year, and it's okay because I know my higher power has my back. He has my financial situation because of my 12-step programs that I'm not worried about food all the time. I have enough. It is enough. If we run out, which I doubt will happen, but something will show up. Something will show up, and it will tell me this is where you go, and that's what you do. And what I also like is that I am allowed to build a spiritual program. I'm not stuck with oh, I'm not doing it well, I'm not doing it right, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. It feels like I grew up with, I'm not doing anything quite right or quite the way it's meant, and was quiet about it because it was embarrassing. How could I get to this age and not know how to do that? But guess what? I am this age, and I don't know how to do everything. But I do know enough to tune in and do my 10, 11, and 12, and resist the urge that I should have five sponsees and I should have this and I should do that. No, that's not what it's called for. It's just asking me to expand my relationship with my higher power and to do my 12-step work and to spread the word and to do the best I can each day. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you very much. Thank you, Marge. Okay, we have Teresa followed by Raquel. Teresa, good morning. Hi, this is Teresa P., and I'm a happily recovered compulsive overeater and so glad to be able to get on this line and uh, be uh, and hear sanity, peace and sanity. And, uh, and what a, just get to remember one more time what a, what a wonderful life that I have. And uh, I like... Uh, Everything that I hear from the big book is exactly what I need to hear. And and one more time, you know, I get to put myself in God's hands. And I always, all my life, I tried to do that, but I didn't know how to do that. And I was disappointed a lot and angry at God a lot because, you know, I put my faith in him and then all these um, terrible things happened or, you know, and, you know, my little sister died and, and how how could that happen? She was just a baby, and and you know today, um, you know, with it's, it's amazing. I had years and years of religion, and that didn't didn't fix it. But being in program revealed God to me in a way that I couldn't get otherwise. And I I see now that because of all, all my life, 
I was blocked by my disease because I picked up on, before I could even remember, food has always been, you know, in my life, uh, my, my drug of choice. I didn't even realize it was a drug of choice because I did it since before I can remember. And, you know, being given the gift of being able to put the food down, and it is a gift, a gift that God, you know, blesses me with and others with. And, you know, and I just want to shout it from the rooftops. And what I get to do is just carry it one day at a time uh, with those who want it and are willing to work for it. And, you know, and God gives me people that I get to work with. I And I get, I have uh, one person I get to work with now, and which is such a blessing. And, and uh, we've started us. um, this new uh, big book study meeting, which is wonderful. And we got to have our very first Zoom meeting this past Wednesday. And I was so afraid. It took me an hour just to see this lovely person help me uh, get through downloading the Zoom app onto my phone because it was, I was like, you know, I just have so much difficulty in these kind of things. And, you know, and it, it got on there that I was, it took me another hour to just text like six or seven people. I go, why is this taking so long? And you know what? As soon as, you know, we got on and I could see everybody's faces and we were there together and smiling. It goes, oh, yeah, this is what it's all about. It's just doing what's in front of me. And, you know, God shows me what it is that he wants me to do. And then I just get to do it, no matter how com- uncomfortable I feel, you know, at it's the time. Thank you. It's just like, you know, God will provide just day by day and sometimes just moment by moment. And thank you for letting me share. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you, Teresa. Okay, we have Raquel followed by Du, and then we'll take more names. Raquel, shalom. Hi, Larry. Oh, Thanks for there serving. you are. Shalom to you and to all my family there and to the whole world wide. You know, it sounds to me, I, I almost hear God saying to me, okay, you guys, you wanted, you wanted a global village. You got a global handout of whatever I want to tell you, how you should go back home and, and get into simple lives. And the jokes that are floating around are just unbelievable. One of them is, you know, when they close the schools, that uh, a mother said, but, but the kids, I hope, are staying in there, right? So uh, what, if they let them out and they're on her head? Just so simple and good. And God is unbelievable. He did for me now what I couldn't do for myself. And when he gives me guidance, and he, he, he really tells me what to do. I can't listen well enough. My mind is sometimes so overwhelmed with figuring out things by myself that he almost has to like take me by the ear and pull me where I need to be. So what is it that three years I've been talking, planning, checking into these assisted living places and March 3rd before this whole thing broke out almost like in a dream i carried it out i found a lovely place and here i am it's like two and a half weeks 
that I'm here, and I love it. They're wonderful people, and I'm I'm having an experience of being at peace that I haven't had in a long time in my life. In the midst of all this Corona thing, everybody is just talking about it and listening to many people here have their TV blaring 24 hours a day. You know, you hear it through the doors. There's no need. We are in God's hands. He's got the whole world in His hands. He's got us all. And it's all my life story to finally come to such peacefulness. My therapist of, of so many years said, I heard you already in euphoria, in the dumps, angry, everything. But I never heard some peacefulness in you like is now. And I don't know it. it of course, it's not only by God's power, but I don't know if I if he could have helped me like that if I wasn't in program and knowing that that circumstances are not what really counts. Um, I have one little room with a kitchenette in the corner. I'm cooking for the Sabbath. I We can't get together more than 10 people at a time and, and standing there really very careful about not standing less than two meters from each other. But all is okay, all is peaceful, all is good. And I, I just pray with my whole heart when I see people doing such magnificent things for each other, really lighting torches of kindness all over the world. So I love you guys. And may we have good news from the world, from God sending us blessings and learning from what does he want to tell us exactly with this terrible thing that happened. And it will go away. Please be at peace, all of you. God love you, and thank you so much, Larry, for for sharing this wonderful sharing. Thank you very much, and I pass. Thank you, Raquel. Okay, do on location, East Coast. Good morning, do. Good morning, thank you, Larry. This is Do Al, recover compulsive reader. Grateful for today. Um, it says, both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. And it says must. It's, it's not a maybe like it's a good idea. You must, which means it's necessary, right? Um, are we willing to improve our conscious contact with God? You know, and it reminds me of, of this story of a farmer who had, uh, no matter what would happen, he would put small deposits every week in the bank. And while others well-to-do people um, did not make the deposits because they were comfortable with their wealth, until one day a recession hit and the people started to lose their homes, their properties, their income, and the list goes on, right? And the farmer was able to go to the bank and withdraw a large capital and pay off his farm. And so he was okay. He was able to save his property. And the town was amazed at how this person could do, you know, how this person with little means could do more than those people that had everything. And, you know, it goes back to he was doing these small deposits every day. Every day he was depositing a little bit and building up on that capital. So when he needed the capital, he had it. He had it when he needed it. So are we doing the same thing? Are, are we 
Are we depositing with God? Um, are we drawing on our capital, which is God, when needed? Um, it, this is for the recovered people uh, as well as the newcomer, right? It, it applies to both of us. Are we doing our step work? Are we praying? Are we going to meetings? Are we reading the big book? Um, are we doing uh, the step work necessary to stay connected with God? Are we staying abstinent during this time? You know, what are our deposits? And I'll, I'll finish off with this. Um, this week, I, uh, I, I was hit really hard with some health issues. I had respiratory problems, and I had to call the EMT. And um, basically, I thought I was going to be a goner this week, to tell you the truth. And, you know, but I, I did the actions. I, I called my sponsor. I called my doctor. I followed the directives. And one of the things that my sponsor said to me, she said, pray more, do more. Let's do some spiritual work. Let's really get down to the roots and causes. Let's um, let, you know, do all your spiritual walk. If you need to pray with your church, if you need to look at spiritual films, if you need to do whatever it is that you need to do, do it. And, you know, by that evening, and I'll finish off with this, by that evening, what happened is this surge came out of my chest through my esophagus and out my mouth and this what seemed like bad energy came out and I took my breath for the first time I felt like I could breathe for the first time in a long time after days of agony of this and um and that's because I I did my deposit right I I did my deposits and then I drew on my capital which was praying to God and getting connected to God and God took me through that. And I still need to continue to do this work. And um, I hope that's encouraging for others. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Du. Okay. We're on page 100, the second paragraph only. Who would like to share? Okay. Let me tell you who I let me tell you who I heard so far. Okay, I, I heard not too many people. I heard Basa, Leah M, and Penny. Sanja Charles H. Sanja Charles. Irini M. Rick J. Sanja H. Stop there, okay? Let's stop there if we if we could. And my apologies, Carol from that Michigan. I didn't catch everybody. Yeah, I didn't catch everybody there. So let me tell you who I heard. I heard Basa, Leah, Penny. Santa, Charles, Avini, and Rick. I don't know that we'll get through everybody, but let's give Carol. it a go, Vasa, for, for three minutes. Vasa, good morning. My name is Carol. Hi, Carol. Hold on a second, Vasa. Carol, I'm so glad you're here. Um, we're going to go with the ones that I heard in my uh, imperfection here, so thank you for being here, Carol. Okay, Vasa, followed by Leah. Good morning. Go ahead and press star one, Vasa. Thank you. I was muted. Thank you, Larry, for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, abstinent, recovered, compulsive overeater, calling from Florida. And I love the promises. I remember coming to the first meeting in OA and hearing those promises. It just gave me hope. After I lost hope from, you know, from the food addiction. So, I, you know, the promises have come true for me one at a time as I was working the 12 steps, coming to the program, and doing the work that we, uh, we are 
suggested to do. I'm so grateful for that. I I I came for the vanity, and I stayed for the sanity. And I remember in those days, I was going to lose the weight, and I was just going to leave. And my sponsor said, you know, you're free. You can leave any time you want to, or you can stay in the program. I just thank God I stayed and listened. And it's by the grace of my higher power, 34 years. And uh, I just, my life, I, I never imagined I would have a life that I have today. With everything that's going on, with all the chaos out in the world, I have a lot of peace and serenity because of my relationship with my higher power. And it doesn't mean that I'm not concerned for the world. I'm paying. I'm praying for all the sick and the suffering because I know I've been there through a lot of, of those, maybe not this particular one, but I've had my own pain and suffering. So I'm comp- I have a lot of compassion for those people. Our sons are out there, you know, in the hospitals working, and I'm concerned about them. And I'm concerned about everybody else, but I can also also do the service in the neighborhood. I don't have, you know, I don't have to be mixed and be with everybody else out there, but I can volunteer. And even doing service is being home, staying on the on the phones. And I am just so grateful that I have found a power greater than myself that I can I can depend on for myself. And for out there in the world, I'm not in control. God is in control, but I can do what I can. Well, oh, that's my time. That's a reminder. Thank you. Yes, that's my time. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you so much, Vasa. If everyone would mute their lines, we would appreciate that. We have Leah M. followed by Penny C. Good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thanks for your service. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. You know, and I can say that um, out of experience today. Um, I've been abstinent and trudging this road since January 19, 1987. And there's a couple things that that says to me. Number one, I haven't needed to take that first compulsive overeating bite um, because this program has given me the steps, the principles, a relationship with power, um, to make those changes within myself and within my attitude so that it's no longer necessary for me to look for some substance or some chemical outside of myself to get comfortable. And number two, what that says to me is that this program works. This program works if I persist. <laughs> you know, when I was compulsively overeating, um, there was some illusion of a shortcut of an easier, softer way of life. I had no tools for living. Food seemed to be the glue that was holding me together. And in embracing that illusion, I was turning my back to the world. I was turning my back to relationship. I was breaking my relationships with others, with my community, and with God. I was retreating behind closed doors and seeking substances consistently, digging my fists into bakery boxes and cellophane bags to get comfortable you know, and for a long time that worked, and then one day that no longer worked, um, you know, and uh, I was introduced to this program of recovery, and 
I left that conversation with something I came in without, and that was hope. I came out of that conversation with someone in whom the problem had been solved with hope. Um, but it has taken persistence because if it sounds like a lifetime occupation, you're right. You're right. It is a lifetime occupation. It is a lifetime occupation. Pressing into these steps every day, despite what's happening around me, is a lifetime occupation. But you know what? So was my disease. For me, both compulsive overeating and recovery have been progressive conditions. Compulsively overeating, progressively downward. And recovery has been progressively upward. But freedom isn't free. I have had to be persistent in this turning to a relationship with power. You know, I was given an ultimatum on page 53. We could not postpone or evade. We had to fearlessly face a proposition that either God is everything or else he is nothing. God either is or he isn't. What was my choice to be? My choice was that on page 53 way back in 1987. It's still my daily choice. It is still my daily choice. What is my choice to be despite external conditions? Because external conditions were never the remedy for an inside uh, abnormality and illness like compulsive overeating. So every day it's persistent, and I'm grateful to be trudging with all of you. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Leah. Okay, we got Penny Lane followed by Santa, maybe Chuck. Hey, Penny, good morning. Good morning, Larry, and good morning all the other 400 people that are on the line right now. Imagine I can say to people, I have 400 friends I talk to every morning. It's incredible. Uh, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area um, where um, things are, are not much different than anywhere else. But when I'm looking at this paragraph, it's so uplifting. When we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands better than anything we could have planned. God gave me many, many years. I, I've, I've lived a long life. And so often to walk in the spiritual path with another another person or persons is, is such a gift. And I can look to what the things that, that came to pass during my, my long life and see that God really plans results that I could never imagine, never, never imagine. And so I can, you know, I can share that with people and, and, and share, share the hope no matter what, no matter what the situation. You know, I, I used to hear someone say, I refuse to let anyone or any situation rob me of the serenity I've worked so hard to achieve. And that, that's where I'm at today. And that, it talks about, you know, walking day by day in the path of spiritual progress with the new man. So, you know, it's just a habit of mine now pray, to pray with people on the phone. I pray with sponsees who call. Most of the time, pray when we begin and pray when we end and read some spiritual literature and find, find such wonderful hope. You know, God, God has gotten me through incredible, incredible circumstances. And today, I really do, I really do live a life happy, joyous, and free in the midst of whatever situation I find myself. And I share that. I can share that with people 
who I call or they call me. Um, it's, it's incredible how blessed we all are to have this program, to have these steps when, when uh, otherwise I would be in such turmoil. And the other thing I just want to add is that this real compulsive overeater who before program literally ate 24-7, literally, have not even, with the help of God, had one, one desire to eat anything beyond my food plan. That is a miracle, little miracles. So I'm going to end with just suggesting that we take some time today, all of us, and look for the little miracles and be grateful. Negativity cannot live in a grateful heart. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Penny. We got Santa. I'm not sure if we'll have time, Charles, but Santa, good morning. Good morning, Larry, and good morning to my fellows. Great to be on the line with all of you and some great shares today. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that same line that Penny talked about. I like where it says we realize that things which happened, things which came to us before we, when we put our hands, we put ourselves in God's hands. Boy, what amazing, amazing promise that is. And this reminds me of my, you know, going back and looking at my life in this very moment. Reminds me of my favorite paragraph where it says, um, in doctor's opinion, it once, once having lost self-confidence in their reliance upon things human and their problems piled up on them and became astonishingly difficult to solve. And I'm just grateful and I'm always walking in gratitude that that is not my life today, you know. And, um, you know, I, I have gotten to the point in my life where I'm not dependent on people, places, or situations to make me happy, that I, and that, that hole inside of me is filled up, you know, with, with my higher power and, and working these steps. And so I love this quote that says, if you can't go outside, go deeper inside. And... Um, and that's what I have been doing. You know, I seek gratitude today and every day. There's a lot of gratitude in what's going on in the world right now and what's going on in my life, and that's what I focus on. And I'm going deeper into my program. And, you know, one of the things I'm grateful for, well, a few, is that this, this whole pandemic, pandemic has allowed me to slow down. And when I have, by slowing down, I'm spending more time hearing my higher power speak, speaking to me. And so I'm working, I decided, my guy and I, I'm working on another four-step um, at this time. And I'm just so grateful for my blessed abstinence and, you know, and that today I can match serenity with calamity. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Santa. Hey, Chuck, can you give us a one-minute wrap? Yeah, thanks, Larry. So, um, so real quick, you know, present circumstances, you know, great things happen in 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 in, in um, calamity, and 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 jacking people, and then just you know, this meeting happened because of calamity. You know, my my recovery happened because of calamity. Um, <laughs> you know, me meeting you guys happened because of calamity. You know, I didn't I didn't come to God on a winning streak as we heard on the line. You know, present circumstances, if I place it in God's hands, you know, can be beautiful. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Uh, Thanks, Charles. Appreciate it. All right, you guys, that's a wrap.
so we're going to uh, – I, I wish to thank everyone, of course, that shared and, and joined us this morning. Please join us. We've got a second unrecorded hour of study that's immediately following the closing this morning. Let me give you the share ID for today's meeting. That number is 14,326-14326. And we're now going to close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Hey, Susan H., will you get us going there on 164? I would love to. Thank you. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Okay. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.